All right, my name is Aaron Rhodes, and you're listening to the Shuttlecock Podcast. We're sponsored by the Vinyl Underground at 7th Heaven, offering new and used vinyl at 76 and Truce in Kansas City, Missouri. This week on the show, we have the editor-in-chief of The Pitch, David Hundle. How are you doing? Good. How are you, Aaron? I'm doing great. So. Happy to be here. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. Some, some people are like, eh, I mean, I could probably just use the publicity. I have to go talk to that guy, but it's whatever. It's a weird know. house in the... Yeah, cold living room. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I guess um, we can... I guess we'll go, I think we'll go origin story first, if you do not mind. Um, So what part of, like, you're from Kansas City area originally? Yeah, I grew up here. Um, I grew up, I guess, sort of Brookside. I grew up at, like, 66th and uh, Cherry. Mm. Um, Where'd you end up at high school? I went to Rockhurst High School, and then uh, I went to uh, University of Missouri after Mm. that. Yeah. And... So, yeah, did not I get, go to journalism school at the University of Missouri. Mm. Um, I did write for the newspaper in high school and stuff. And I think I even, I kind of remember going to Columbia and like, I think I got like an, a journalism award or something. I think the plan was to do uh, journalism at Mizzou because Mizzou is a famously a good school for journalism. But yeah. I, I think I like took a couple classes and was like, I don't, I don't like this. And <laughs> it's a quiz. Like maybe maybe it'll be my career one day. But yeah, well, I I, I did I did an English major and mm. um, so, but lots of times people will assume I went to journalism school in Mizzou and I don't correct them because it sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before you started lying, um, <laughs> deceiving people, uh-huh. no, what were like what were you like reading a lot of like when you were like in like kind of growing up and like what got you interested in like writing and journalism and stuff? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I think like when I was, I always liked to read when I was little, I I read a lot of like sports books and things like that, like Matt Christopher or whatever. I think that's like when I started to like really like reading, but, um, I think I like got into probably a lot of the normal stuff like Vonnegut or like, um, Hemingway or some of that stuff, um, David Sedaris, um, like in high school and college. Um, and then I guess I probably got into more like literary nonfiction type of stuff when I was a little bit older, like, um, Joan Didion or people like that. But were you, were you ever interested or like ever working on like more like fiction stuff at any point? Yeah, I think, well, like, um, yeah, for several years I was like working on like a book, like a novel, I guess that was terrible and was not <laughs> was never going to go anywhere. But that was kind of how I spent my free time was kind of trying to figure that out. Um, and I don't know, I don't know, I, I don't think that I have the for fiction. I'm not sure if I have like the stamina for it. Um, um, it's much more manageable for me to like pick projects to do like long form is I can do long form and I think I could even do a nonfiction book but writing like a you know a a novel length or you know writing a novel I I I don't know maybe if I'm older I could try it again but my experience was like this is too this is kind of beyond my abilities what what was that first novel going to be about oh man don't make me talk about that It, it was sort of about I guess it was sort of about growing. I think it was about growing up in the '90s. I mean, it was like a 
Ramana clef or whatever they <laughs> It was a thin I mean actually it wasn't really a thinly veiled autobiography but it was sort of it was sort of about where I grew up I mm. guess but um, um yeah no yeah like I I kind of agree with you though like to like I think part of what makes writing like n- nonfiction and stuff like that like like what makes me feel like somewhat secure in it is that like oh I know how this ends kind of and yes. like you're not just wondering like all day like oh is, is this really how I want it to be or yeah like just getting lost in the inner workings of and it. some people are that's like where they thrive is kind of doing that yeah. and, and to me it was always I could always figure out what a story was like I could always figure out how to tell a story but I, I it was it's not easy for me to make up a story yeah um and I don't know yeah or at least. It, as a book, I think maybe screenwriting, uh, screenwriting kind of interests me mm. because it's a little bit, maybe not easy. I think it's a little bit easier. <laughs> uh, and the novel is like, you gotta, you gotta know, I don't know, maybe you don't have to know where it ends, but it's, it's a real long road to get to finishing a novel mm. or a good one at least. So, so what, what was some of like the first, um, like newspaper or like magazine stuff that you ended up? working on like what kind of beats and stuff were you on um well after i graduated college i started doing little freelance stuff for the pitch and it was like um kind of like arts and entertainment like um i think the or i know the first thing the first thing i wrote for the pitch was like a we used to call them shorties but it was like a 200 word blurb for the calendar section that was about like um bruce campbell like the horror the horror film guy coming to town so i just like wrote a kind of pithy um blurb about it um and i so i did a lot of that kind of stuff and then i started like you know there'd be some music festival like out in the country and i would like you know call the organizer and you know little stuff like that because like back then the pitch was like a really fat but i mean it was a really and it was weekly so there was a lot of stuff um that we wrote about and so that's kind of how i guess how i started at the pitch mm-hmm. um but that was like yeah, then then I I did that for a year and then I uh moved away for like 5 years and so and then I came back. So. Mm. Okay, and you did go to DePaul also for yeah. your master's. Yeah. You, are you looking at my link, LinkedIn profile? Maybe. <laughs> um, I I'm doing my research, David. Okay, relax. I did. It's I went to DePaul. Something you should do. I got I went to DePaul for graduate school. Mm. Uh that's why I moved away. Um and then after that, <clears throat> I lived in New York for a couple of years and then I moved back here. Um, and pretty quickly started, there was like an opening for a music blogger at the pitch, which was a pretty lousy job really, or at least the pay was really lousy, even by today's standards, I'd say. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how I got back in with the pitch is doing that. Mm. What, what were you like? Were you still kind of just doing freelance stuff like when you were in New York or? Yeah, I had these, um, these sort of business magazines. I was like. I guess I was the managing editor for like a couple different business magazines that were kind of like, they weren't like good business magazines. They were kind of like, they call them B2B. So you kind of write about an industry. So I would like edit a magazine and write stories about green business practices, like green building um, practices, things Mm -hmm. like this, things that I really didn't know very much about, (laughs) but I could like write and edit. So, Mm -hmm. and it was the thing that I could do from uh, anywhere. So, it was like a freelance managing editor job. Yeah. And 
So how long between the time <clears throat> you became uh, the music blogger and the time you ended up music editor at the pitch? Like what kind of like how long was that and what kind of happened in between? Uh, yeah, so I think I, I got fed up with the music blogger job and quit, and I moved to Columbia, Missouri for like six months and was working at a bar, and then the music editor job opened, which was like a full-time like staff job, and uh, the editor at the time was like, are you interested in coming back for this? And I was like, I don't know, I was kind of like, I sort of hesitated, um, cause I was kind of enjoying not writing, um. But then I was like, this would be dumb not to take this job. So I came back. So I was probably only, it was probably only six months between I, when I quit the music blogger job and got the music editor job. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so that was around like the early 2010s? Yeah, I think that was, I think I started on staff at, in 2011. Mm. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, so I guess I was kind of curious, like what, like bands and musicians and stuff you were like really like getting to cover a lot and that you're enjoying in those days yeah yeah, i'm trying to remember like um well like you've heard about g watts i feel like i was maybe one of the first people to write about g watts Mm. um i remember i went up to i think i was also maybe the first person to write about radkey i remember going up to like saint joe to meet them and they were like 12 years old um who else was bit? I mean, like, uh, like the Grizzly Hand, uh, Ghosty, kind um, of the early high dive stuff. Yeah, I, I think high dive probably started uh, toward the end of me being the music editor. But yeah, um, who else? I mean, there was a lot of fun. I mean, fun stuff. Mm. Stick figure. I feel like was like a guy who was kind of was was pretty big. Um, there were some cool Lawrence bands like um, Rooftop Vigilantes and um, I don't know. Can you help me? Who else? Who am I forgetting? Oh, um, I, that, that was slightly that was before my time. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm sure more will come to me. As is there, is there anything you you absolutely would not like write about or like you were like Cowboy b- Indian father? Bear was one. I'm just I'm just <laughs> thinking of like old bands that okay. were friend- so sorry. What was your question? No, yeah, like. I know you're you're not one to withhold uh, a critique. I feel like so like what <laughs> like and it, like I think the the pitch blog was like at least from some stuff I read like it was often a tool of just like poking fun at a lot of yeah. stuff, especially like kind of in that era. So like was there like did you draw any ire for any of your? Oh, music I'm coverage? sure I did. I mean, I think that. Uh well, it was weird because I was, that was an interesting time to be at the pitch because it was like sort of the end of the pitch being, or at least the pitch music section sort of being like this sort of juggernaut. And like it was used to, it used to be like, you know, there was like f- five pages every week of like, you know, music, local music coverage, which yeah. is just an incredible, I mean, a crazy amount. Um, and so, it, but by the time I took over, it was like, our resources were really dwindling. And so we, I couldn't really, and then it was also like, I mean, I think at that time it was also like starting to get really easy just to like plop an MP3 online. And so like describing music was becoming a little bit less necessary and interesting in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, but yeah. And then, so, but I guess to answer your question, I think that there was like, 
I inherited sort of this kind of, um, uh, you know, approach that where you kind of um, throw jabs and, and, and maybe, you know, toss in a little bit of snark into stuff, um, which I was, you know, I guess I'm fairly comfortable doing that. But um, I don't know. I, I mean, when you write about bands, do you ever think like, um, uh, is it... <laughs> is it worth it to like criticize this, <laughs> this band, you know, for, for this or that, you know, yeah, like this local yeah, band like, that nobody, you know, from. No. Yeah. So you kind of, I'm, I'm sure you do end up like in your like news and political stuff. And like, I think it's a little more prominent. It's a, so a little so more. to me, it's a little bit, I, I draw a different, I mean, a line with politics because like those people are like supposed to be upholding our society. And, and so when they fuck up, it's like, yeah, I, they're, uh, uh, free game yeah but i don't know i mean some some like hanging on the wall in my office is like this like um this guy like the music editor before me jason harper who was probably like kind of the last really great music editor um like he i think he regularly would write like kind of bad reviews of people and this guy like made like a t-shirt and he put the entire jason's entire review which is like real i think he compared like his record to a fart or something like that <laughs> but he had like made a whole t-shirt you know mm. and, and that type of thing um i i'm kind of rambling i don't know i'm yeah. answering your question no but uh, i guess that i was also kind of curious like you're, you kind of mentioned that it the the music section was like this kind of hulking thing for yeah that time like what what was kind of like i don't know can you paint at all like a picture of like what you know, like the office was like, and like, oh sure, or yeah. like what kind of like the general air and direction of the whole magazine at that point, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there was just much more people there. There was a lot of kind of um, large personalities, um, and yeah, I mean, just just pretty young. Like a lot of people, it was their first job, and um, I mean, in a way, it was kind of my first job. Um, and just, yeah, like, lots of strong opinions, lots of, art, you know, arguments about, like, what's cool and what's not, and, you know, what do we think about this, and um, I think that's really valuable to have, like, a lot of people around you that, to kind of bounce ideas off of, you know, when you're, I mean, that's, like, why I like to meet with everybody at, you know, at the pitch regularly, because I think good stuff happens, um, you know, kind of in the spaces between, you know, people, like, that's where good stories I think emerge is like in, through conversation and, yeah. and stuff like that. Not so much in the, the inbox. No, no, I don't get a lot of story ideas from press releases. Right. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, no, but it was really fun. Um, I mean, it's just, I mean, the pitch is not the only place that's kind of not like that anymore. It's just like the business model that supports, or that supported these businesses, these entities is, has just sort of collapsed. Um, so it's sort of sad. <laughs> I mean, it's very sad actually, but, um, oh, well, I was going to wait till later to ask, but I guess this is a good time. Um, will weed ads save, uh, alternative media? I think that they, <laughs> well, they have in other cities. Mm. Um, I think that Denver's paper is doing really well. Um, they could. I mean, um, and I'm already noticing a lot more 
uh, weed ads in our, or it's not weed. It's like right now it's like CBD and maybe there's some, I think there's already some people like advertising medical because yep. it's getting, it's legalized. I think, I mean, it already is, but I think they'll start selling it early next year. Mm. So there's a lot of jostling going on in that. I'm actually working on a story about that right now, just kind of how that's all going to shake out. But yeah, I think that we're seeing some more advertisers for that, which is great. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I think that, yeah, in other cities, that's been a, a really, that's been a boon mm. for them. So we'll see. Yeah. And, um, so you spent like around like two and a half years as the music editor. Sounds right. Yeah. And you ended up spending some time in Indianapolis after that? Uh, Durham. 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 I'm okay. in North Carolina. I, so I, so I, well, that was a little bit later. Wait, did you just like Google? Was there like an, cause there's this guy who, um, well, I, I might just messed up. Yeah. Well, so uh, there's a guy who has my name in Indiana. I think it's Indianapolis uh. and he's like my age and he, uh, killed himself. <laughs> he was like a police officer who killed himself. So there was a bunch of, it's not funny, but there was a bunch of newspaper articles okay. about him. And so sometimes when people search my name or was, was man, I might just wait. Okay, was the Durham place called the Indy? Oh, okay. yeah. I might have yeah, just yeah, assumed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I just assumed it was Indy. Yeah, yeah, that is confusing. My bad. That's confusing. So uh, you're in Durham. Yes. Doing, they're, they're all weekly. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, I, um, well, th- that was, uh, so I, I stopped being music editor, then I worked two, two more years at the pitch as like a staff writer. Mm. And then I moved to Durham. But yeah, I, I, I moved to Durham for just a year. I was, um, yeah, I, I might have stayed longer, but then a, a job opened up back here that I, that I wanted it, so mm. I came back. Okay, and so was it? did you decide that you didn't want to be the music editor anymore and you would rather be the staff writer here? Yeah, I mean, I think that's... Um, we're kind of burned out on the music. Yeah, stuff after I mean, so I think the re- like part like I I liked I've always been really into music and I'm you know, but I think I was more interested in being a writer and like having I, even when I was a music editor I was always kind of trying to figure out like I wasn't interested in doing like every week just like a profile of some band or performer I just thought that got really boring and so I would kind of try and make like more like a news a music news story or you know. Um, nightlife stuff I would write. I had like kind of a nightlife column. And so I, I, I was always trying to do something kind of beyond, not just music. Just kind of bigger picture. Yeah, I just, and so that's why being a staff writer was much more, I think I probably came into my own more as a staff writer because I was allowed to kind of roam and pick, you know, my stories based on whatever I was particularly interested in what, what did the the nightlife column kind of look like i don't think i've seen any of <sighs> yeah i mean it was somewhat irregular but uh it was mostly just <laughs> <clears throat> it was mostly just me going to like parties and or like social events or like some kind of like whatever and just kind of like bothering people and and embarrassing myself and just kind of not and then, then the column would just be this kind of self-loathing like <laughs> it was like a it was basically a humor column about mm-hmm. how um, big of a loser I am. <laughs> that was kind of the gist. <laughs> but it was fun. Those were really fun to write um, because, yeah, you can just kind of, uh, you can make 
you can add humor to, you know. Mm. Were, were these like house parties or like bars? No, or, like, or? It, well, I mean, it was, a, and it wasn't always the same thing. Like, sometimes it would be like, like I would go to the closing of some, like I, I just saw the other day somebody sent me like a, I went to the closing of the um, Glenwood Theater and like talked to them about, you know, so that was like a column. But like, then I would also like go to like party arty, like where like, which is like a sort of a society party and, you know, where I don't belong. Mm. Or, um, and some of them would be music related, like I wrote about. Oh, that was another thing that was fun to write about was um, Can Roxas. I don't know if you remember that. It was like a big music festival. Yeah, and there was kind of a bit of a <clears throat> debacle there, yeah. money-wise. Yes, and, all that. and so um, that was a fun thing to cover because it was just like, where, where did this thing come from? And like, and then it, like the second year they had to, they canceled it like a month before. It was yeah. pretty wild. So stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was kind of a mix. It was just sort of, again, it was sort of like whatever I was interested in that week. And and bathroom reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was part of it, too. Or maybe that wasn't part of that column. But, yeah, that was something I inherited from, I think Nick Spacek actually started that. He was just doing, like, Lawrence bars. And then I just sort of uh, expanded it to any conceivable place that you... Mm. Go to the bathroom. So is that what you miss most about uh, the the old pitch? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that embodies kind of the psyche of the old pitch a little bit. Um, yeah, that was fun. I, I kind of ran out of bathrooms at a point, <laughs> or you kind of run out of interesting things to say about a bathroom. Um, I still, to this day, I'm always like, whenever I go to a new place, I'm always kind of interested. Like, I I, I go to the bathroom in every place gotta, that I go to. Yeah. Gotta, you just got to check it out. You have a dirty mind, David. That's No, but also another thing that I was not present for that I wonder if you have any fond memories of was like the Pitch Music Award and like the showcase Yeah, that would go along with it. Like... I, I, I like every once in a while I'll just hear like a weird, funny story that came out of one of those events. Like, did you end up at a lot of those? Yeah, I mean, I went, I, yeah, I went to all of them. Uh, you know, it was kind of, I, I, yeah, it was usually pretty fun. Um, it was like a chance for like, you know, I feel like punks would always like kind of do some, <laughs> something uh, weird or disrespectful, which was always like funny. Um, uh, I'm trying to, I can't really recall any like great stories from them. I had to like present one year and I remember being very like nervous about that, uh, having to be on the stage. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, again, that was like one of, that was another one of those things that kind of, not to be too mournful, but like that was one of those things that was just sort of winding down as I was, as I was arriving. Mm. Um, so, and also like, well, I don't know, I guess, you know, the whole like voting for the best band or whatever, it's kind of corny to me, but, uh, I think it was. I think at least the award show was usually fun, you know, because it was like free beer and like, you know, it was usually pretty rowdy. Mm. So, yeah, some good times with that for sure. Oh, yeah. I I might have mentioned this like on some other episode, but I remember like being told that I think like a bunch of the guys from some hardcore band like like storm the stage after they didn't win or whatever and like <laughs> yeah. caused a ruckus. Yeah, a lot of stuff like that, you know, like <laughs> Yeah. But uh so kind of 
fast forward to the last couple of years, you returned as the editor-in-chief at the beginning of 2018 mm-hmm. with the, the new ownership. And, um, yeah, what was... I mean, you don't have to... I'm sure there was, like, stuff that, you know, it doesn't need to be discussed, but, like, what was kind of the process and, like, your your kind of thoughts on the whole situation while that was Just the happening. purchase or what do you mean? Yeah, just becoming the editor-in-chief and kind of that... Yeah, stage. I mean it was um it was exciting. I, I I um Scott our older was great. Um and when they offered me the job, I was like, yeah, sure. I mean I've all, you know, I think anybody who writes for any place has ideas for how, what they might do if they were in charge and so yeah, I mean it's been it's been fun. It's been um I mean Working in media is just—it sort of sucks <laughs> these days. I mean, just from a bit from you know a pay and a you know business, like in comparing yourself to like what things used to be, right? Because every almost every media entity is or at least legacy, which I guess we're a legacy media outlet, but it is you know we have a fraction of the staff that we had, you know, when I think it was the, you know the heyday years, right? And so I think people do understand now that like most places are, you know, most papers, at least if you're a print publication, people get that you're broke. But um, I think for a long time, people were just kind of like, well, the pitch is like so thin now. And like, you know, there's no, not as much stuff in it. And like, well, it's like, well, the business model no longer (laughs) exists. So I, that's always hard. I mean, especially for I think for me being somebody who's been who's been around since it was kind of the the better days, and even I was kind of toward the tail end of the of the better days. But um, you know, to kind of compare yourself against like the good years, like the 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 fat years, um, is a bummer. But you know, you just kind of try and do what you can with what you got, mm-hmm. and keep on plowing ahead. Um, oh, and you, you kind of mentioned that, you know, everyone has, like, ideas for what they do if they were kind of in charge. But, like, ha- had you, like, re- actively, like, kind of hoped you would become the editor-in-chief at some point? Or did you kind of more just end up being there at the right time? Oh, probably a mix of both. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't. It definitely wasn't something where I was sitting. I, I, I was pretty content being, like, a staff writer. Because being a staff writer is a pretty good job. You get to... I mean, the pay sucks, but you get to do whatever you want, and you don't have really any responsibilities um, as long as you produce good stories. So that's a that's a pretty sweet gig. Um, I mean, I guess being the editor sounds cooler or something, and you do kind of get to... I mean, but the problem is that you have ideas, but then you realize, oh, well, we have a very small budget, and you can't, you know... Um, so... But no, I mean, I I don't think, I, yeah, I definitely wasn't sitting around being like, when am I going to be there? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, but I mean, just as somebody who reads a lot and has a lot of strong opinions, I've yeah, of course, I've like had been like, oh, this would be a good story. This would be a good thing to do or, you know, mm. whatever. So is there anything that's like kind of surprised you most about the role since you've stepped in? Hmm. I mean, it, there is more administrative stuff than I would than I would like. Um, 
Um, no, I mean, I, I, I was pretty, I mean, again, I just been, been there so long that there wasn't that many real surprises. Mm. Um, it's been kind of a learning process with the new owners who are, who are nice and good. And, but I mean, also are inexperienced and, you know, media ownership just as, you know, as everybody would be. So, um, so, you know, we've had to figure out what our relationship is and, um, but they're basically encouraging and they're not, they're in it for the right reasons. And so I got no beef with them. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, thank you for all of our uh, paychecks. Um, yes. They, very, the, the, very good. The checks we come like on time. It. That's actually, you know, the checks didn't always come on time. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's, that's, that part's really nice. Thanks Southcom. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I've got no complaints as far as that goes. Um, yeah, and I mean, I think we're just sort of trying to <clears throat> get... Uh, so I guess one of the things that I'm trying to do is like get into more... Like, I'm doing this newsletter. I'm doing this podcast. Um, kind of nor- more new media stuff that is not just like website and Facebook page or whatever. Mm. Um, stuff that Stuff where you can kind of bypass social media is nice because... Um, it's a pretty unreliable um, distribution channel, I think, as a lot of people have learned over the last few years. So, yeah, I mean, just try and figure out new ways to find our audience. I'm starting to sound like a... No, no. <laughs> uh, I just really care about engagement. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no, but, like, when you do think about it, it's it's kind of, like, completely terrible, like, how social media kind of, like gut punches like ad revenue for like publications and now people are starting to even just leave that so like it's harder to reach yeah. your readership so i mean i and it's it's i think it's hard for us like i think the stars having the you know or wh- whoever has the issue of you know you just need to get people to pay for this stuff and we're in a tougher spot because people are like people are used to paying for a daily paper they're not used to paying for the pitch right it's always been free so we can't really probably ask anybody to pay for it especially with you know such a scarce um staff but um yeah i mean i don't know i think about this stuff all the time it's it's a really hard nobody i mean there have been a lot of really smart people thinking about like how do we monetize media and there are no real answers besides like be like a nonprofit model like KCUR or something like that. And just have people give you money. Or then uh, you're tied to what they want you to come yeah, to. No, so, yeah, yeah. So I mean everything kinda everything besides like the thing that I guess I like the, the Shawnee Mission Post is is cool because, you know, they have like I don't know, twenty five hundred people who pay seven dollars a month for their stuff. And mm-hmm. like that that turns out to be a thing where you can probably employ two or three reporters and cover Northeast Johnson County pretty well. Yeah. So that's like, a, that, that makes sense to me. That, that works. But that's like, because Shawnee mission is like a fairly well to do, you know, or that, you know, Shawnee mission privilege, whatever, pr- fairly well to do. I, d- I don't know that that would work in other parts of the city. And, and I don't know that that works for somebody like us. And yeah. And so. another, another reason to pity the uh, <laughs> lo- local <laughs> alternative magazine is like, like kind of like 
I don't know. I've seen a lot of discussions like on Twitter from like kind of national writers, like people that end up like freelancing or as staff writers for like bigger national or international publications is like, I don't know. I've seen people kind of pitch this idea of like, wow, all these freelancers and like staff writers are getting like less work. They're getting laid off. And like, I, it, it looks real. Like some, some people I've seen talk about like, if if someone really w- would want to like fund a new publication or whatever or like as kind of assemble all of these people and like i don't know i think it's like very possible still to launch a successful like national media company if you assemble it the right way and get the right people on board and there are plenty of talented people sure. in the job pool right now but like to do that on a local level i think is like not as possible because it's such a limited amount of people that you can really target with your your work yeah i i mean i've thought about it um a lot and i just don't, i don't i don't know there's if some i mean another city like in, i think in minneapolis like a billion billionaire bought the paper and that's one <laughs> business model you yeah. know but like i keep kind of waiting for some billionaire to buy the star like hey uh jeff bezos yeah uh, i mean that? it's kind of a a rough deal but um i don't know i i and the star is f- fucked i mean they i mean they um I mean, there's a lot of good reporters there. A lot of them, a lot of good reporters just left, but that's a. The Star itself is owned by its parent company has like a like three quarters of a billion dollars in debt. Like, there's just no way that they're ever going to get out from underneath that debt. They'll probably merge with some other newspaper company, but like, it's just going to keep getting thinner over there. And I didn't. I mean, so I I really think that like people with money in Kansas city are going to have to step up and like do something. Um, because yeah, I mean, it's just, it's getting pretty grim. I mean, I, you could have seen a lot of this coming, but like it's starting to get pretty grim out there. So all the, the, the good multimillionaires out there, yeah, I mean, uh, step up, even, the, the, bad, even the bad ones. I don't, you know, who gives a shit? <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's, um, it's probably not good to ask me that many questions about the stuff because I turn very dark about it. Uh, no, that's all right. <laughs> let's, let's, let's do some more music stuff. Um, no, the the one big music article we've done since you you've been editor in chief was the Shy Boys cover story. Oh yeah, I guess that's and right. I, I enjoyed reading that one. Um, what what makes them kind of a special group to you, and what made you want to do a, a cover story on it? Uh, I just think that they're, they've just got such great songs, you know, and they're, um, I don't know. I mean, a lot of them, they're friends of mine and, um, I just think that they, you know, uh, of the bands in town that are kind of, you know, cause they, they got these like kind of melodic, you know, a lot of harmonies. They just seem like of the band, of the bands that I hear, they seem like the one that's most likely to like, or that I could like tell a friend in another city, like, oh, you'd probably like this band. You know, they just seem like a very likable group. Mm-hmm. And I think that that kind of is borne out by the fact that they're starting to see some success um, with, you know, these tours that they're going on. They're on this new label, um, Polyvinyl, I yeah. guess, yeah. So, oh, yeah, and you but like, yeah, they're just sweet boys. You mm-hmm. know, they're, ni- they're nice boys. Uh, I saw you at their, I, I was at their show last Friday. I think I saw you there briefly. Yeah. They played the the new singles. They have uh-huh. very very nice songs. We one like of them. them sounded different than it did on the uh, 
the the recording, and mm. I thought they kind of like stretched it out. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, and but yeah, you say they are just like great. Like it, it is a group of like five talented songwriters. So like when you have more than one or two in the group, like it really kind of gives you some For flexibility. Sure. I think too. Yeah, I mean that 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 was a. I, I'm always interested in like good songs and good songwriters, and that's I guess that's sort of my. If I have a bias in terms of like being a music writer or critic, I'm I'm always more drawn to like people who are like really spending the time to like write a a good, beautiful song. So um, so you're like kind of less so interested in like maybe a personality or like what, like <sighs> for listening to for sure. Um, like sometimes a good personality, like as you know, like works. You know, maybe somebody who has a good personality or has an interesting story, it works better as a story, but is maybe you don't like love their music the way that you would love somebody who's just like kind of boring, but makes like, but writes great, great songs. Yep. You know, that's kind of, I feel like if I was like a musician, I'd be, you know, or if I was like a songwriter, I was like somebody who worked really hard at my craft. I'd be annoyed to see like, you know, kind of the sexier type of people who get attention for probably working not as hard, but just like they have a certain, they have a good story or they have some kind of like thing about them that is media friendly. Mm. And I'm saying the shy boys are not sexy. Well, I think the shy boys are kind of, well, what am I saying? The shy boys are sexy enough, <laughs> I think. Well, they're very sexy. They're very sexy. They're exactly. very sexy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, they have kind of a good story. But you know what I mean? Like yeah. when you're trying to put together a story, it's like, well, what what can you write before, besides like, uh, I like this band. You yeah. know, you're, you're you're trying to figure out something to say, and some some acts um, are easier to do that with than others, and mm. it's um, not necessarily indicative of whether they're bad or good. You know, and was it? Like while you were writing the piece, or like just previously, that you did visit the the Bell House that the, the album is, <laughs> yeah. is named after. Yeah, kind of well, I've I place. The, I they are friends, like they're friends of mine. So I've been I've hung out I hung out at Bell House I don't know fifty times or a hundred times or something. I, that was a I remember when that band was getting going, uh, and because they used to be called the Imes, I think you should ask. You should have. Well, have you had them on here? You've had them on here. Yeah, that yeah. Colin I think that they were called the Imes. I remember like seeing like a little like MP3 or something and that Colin had done, mm. um, and I remember hearing. Uh, I remember hearing "Keep Me" that "Keep Me on My Toes" song, which I think that they play a lot, but uh, yeah, I don't think it had lyrics. It was just like humming. <laughs> but I was like, "This is a good song." But yeah, mm. no, and so you saw you entered. I'm sure you witnessed the the. F- there's a hole in the kitchen floor, and yeah, I've been down like, in that hole before. Like, I've hung out down there. <laughs> what, what, what happens down in the hole? Baby? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to tell tales out of school, but yeah, that <laughs> kitchen was just a crazy. That that was just a wild place for a while. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but no, oh, yeah, and they're they're no no one's living there anymore, right? That's no, I think they the moved out like three. I think they moved out when I was living in North Carolina, which was like. 2015 or 2016 probably yeah new digs are a little sweeter probably i've been yeah i've been over to ross and kyle's place it's 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 nicer yeah i think some yeah i think it's it's nicer uh but yeah i think like one of the only other like recent music pieces i could dig up of yours was the you reviewed the destroyer show at Mm -hmm. the record bar not too long ago yeah i guess that that's probably a year ago maybe Mm. but um 
I like Destroyer. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I've always liked Destroyer. Um, I guess I kind of, if I want to go to a show bad enough and I don't want to pay enough, I will review the show. Yeah. That's kind of my position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what are some other like artists and like shows you would you would make exceptions for it at this good, point? Like, because yeah, question. you don't end up doing a lot of. Reviews. I mean, my my music, like I. I think once I stopped writing about music, like, regularly, like, once I stopped being a music editor, I, I, like, basically, like, just didn't listen to new music for, like, two years. I just was, like, so sick of, like, having to think about music, you know? Um, And so, and I think in some ways I've never really recovered from that. Like, I don't, like, stay up on, like, whatever the new fucking pitchfork thing is or Mm. or any of that. Um, Like... I got kind of got into <laughs> bluegrass music a little bit. I got into some some like older stuff. Um, Gonna catch you at bluegrass in the bottoms. Well, maybe? no, not like that. Not not that kind of stuff. The, but the OG stuff. Yeah, yeah, sort of. I don't know. It's um, just kind of folkier, like stuff from like the eighties, seventies, and eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I almost I, if I was in town, I might have gone to like Kurt Vile on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just like that's a boring answer. Um, I don't know what. Who, who do I like? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I guess I guess also what I would, I would ask o- you is I could I could open my Spotify. <laughs> that's actually a pretty good. You know, when people um, ask me this, you mm-hmm. know, lately I used to have like no answer for them. Yeah. And now I'm just like, well, hold on a second. Let me <laughs> check my Spotify and see. Oh uh, yeah, I've give me give me an update here in a minute once you're oh, once once my phone up. powers on. <laughs> um. I guess I would ask you also, like, what... Um, so, Nick Spacek also ends up contributing to the music section, as well as, like, April sometimes and Natalie sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, um... Are you asking, are you the best one? No. Um, I'm asking what your favorite piece music pieces you have had the chance to edit in the last... Like, since becoming editor would be. And, yes, you can answer with <laughs> one of mine if <laughs> you so choose. Um, well, let's, you know, you want to look up, what what are some things that you've recently done? Um, I did inner altar. That was a nice piece. I liked that one. <laughs> uh, just, uh, just run through my, my bylines, please. Uh, give me some notes let here. Me, let me just, uh, Aaron Rhodes pitch. Did the bummer album. Did. I'm looking, uh, Tommy Newport. Mentira was a good piece. Yeah, I love Mentira. Um, <laughs> all right, this is becoming this is bad. This yeah. is bad audio. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, oh, it, the awful house thing mm, was cool. Did but yeah, like has has anything like you've got to edit like music wise in the last couple of years got like really just kind of caught you off guard and like maybe rejuvenated any like old feelings? Yeah. Um, I'm sure there has been, I just can't think of anything right now. But you kind of get, get more of your kicks through the kind of news and political stuff at this point still? Uh, I mean, I, I, I enjoy, like, um, I think I enjoy editing the music stuff probably more. Mm -hmm. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think I'm any more or less interested in like, uh, arts and entertainment than I am in, in the news and politics stuff that we do. I mean, I, I think I'm, you know, I've, I've been on both sides of it, you know, so um, I have an appreciation for 
the difficulties of both of those jobs. Um, and I think probably it's harder to do. I, I think writing about music is very hard. Or for me, it's always been hard. Writing about art and music is, is well, is a very difficult thing to do. And so I have a lot of respect for people when they can kind of pull something off. That's like really makes you think and, and goes a little bit deeper than just like, Hey, I met these guys at the brick and we sat in a booth for 20 minutes and this is like what they said, you know, so they can kind of contextualize what the band is about or what the performer is, you know, saying. Um, but yeah, I'm embarrassed that I can't think of any um, no. specific That's music. Right. Uh, do, do you do you have any kind of like macro kind of like takes on like how like Kansas City music and art have really kind of shifted over the last several years? Mm, do you? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if I've been around. I mean, like, you're I, better. To, I think you'd be a better person to answer that question. Than no, me. yeah, I could. I could go on about the weirdness of like the punk scene and whatever and like kind of the endless loop that the hip hop scene ends up in sometimes. Well, what do you mean by endless loop? Like, no, it's, it, I, I think I mentioned to this to you in like an email recently when I was just like researching for some article, but like there was like, I was on the pitches website and I found some, um, music article from like 10 years ago where it was like a group of like, local rappers and producers like got one of the hot 103 DJs like to meet up with them and like so they could like ask him why they're not playing like <laughs> local rappers on like the radio yeah. and like that's just I like all that. I see on Twitter like them all just day. tweeting at like Brian B. Shining or whatever yeah, like why why are we not like yeah why why, am we, why are we not on the radio why are we not in the regular look yeah. like rotation and all that I'm like wow it's quite cyclical yeah i mean i think some of that is probably not unique to kansas city that's just kind of being a mid-sized city with an art scene and there's just only so much that's going to happen um uh but yeah i mean i don't i i I guess not to like flip the tables but i mean i'm kind of curious like where like is everything happening in a house these days is there are there like bars where people like the the interesting shows are happening at like um you know i feel like like where where do the punks hang out these days (laughs) i don't even i don't know no yeah it has been like a very like shifting thing for like the last few years of like there was like in the early 2010s there was like a what seemed like a pretty solid lineup of like houses that would be having shows but also like one or two regular kind of diy spots kind of like studded bird and like focal and whatever Mm -hmm. but then there was like asshole castle and gacy's place for houses and like those were pretty reliable they would have a few shows every month but then like i often refer to it as like the punk exodus of like like 2015 or 16 like basically like 10 people who are in like five or so different bands like all moved away around the same time like mostly to like olympia and portland and stuff Mm -hmm. and so they were most of the people that had the houses that were throwing all the shows so that kind of just cut out 
all the venues for a minute and everything was just like at the blind tiger for a year or two. Uh huh. And so then there were like no young kids, no, no new kids coming to the shows. Cause they couldn't and, get in. Yeah. It's tw- a bar. Yeah. And it, and it did kind of turn into more of like a party atmosphere instead of like music focused sometimes. And so that yeah. kind of just like stalled any like growth or change for a couple of years. And like, I think it's just like slowly at this point starting to, rebound from some of that stuff yeah so but i mean where do where do these show, are, are there just is there a new crop of houses like uh, there, there are like are no houses right now weirdly we were enough t- actually we were talking about that isn't there some place that's like way east like by like in, in independence maybe or like off independence ave the, like there's in some like industrial the stadium drive spot farewell transmission that's, in, that's i mean that sounds cool i haven't been there it no it is cool, it is though. a cool spot and they're they're pretty like there's like probably half a dozen shows every month there and it's mm, a cool that's a spot. weird it's a weird part of town no know? yeah but i mean yeah they're not you know it's they're not really bothering anyone out right. there so it's kind of a good setup for that but no yeah and then like stray cat has been having some shows too which oh, okay. is like that new little film spot yeah. funded by uh charlotte street but no yeah it's kind of yeah it's it still is kind of in a I would say like a rebound position right now, but I think there has been a nice little crop of stuff for like all ages shows in the last year or so. That's good. Yeah. What was the last DIY punk show you you went to, David? I mean, (laughs) am I the old, by how many years am I the oldest person who's ever been on this podcast? (laughs) Uh, I don't. I don't. I, I've had uh, Bill Brownlee on. No, oh, okay. Not, you're not old, Bill. You're great. We love you. You're not old. You're just perfect. He is older than me. Yeah, yeah. he is older than me. That's true. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know when, when that would have been. I mean, at least at least three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm would, trying to think. Would, where. would you say like you frequented any of that? I stuff, wouldn't say frequented. Kind of occasionally popped up. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would kind of, cr- I mean, I don't know. I never, I was never really of a scene, you know, uh, especially like in, in terms of like Kansas City music. And so, which I think was helpful because you could kind of roam and, and figure out, you know, other parts of the, you know, music is a broad thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, like I remember sitting there one day being like, oh, I could be writing about classical music. I could be writing about, you know, like the you know music stores you know there's a there's a lot of things that you could kind of rope into that but um no i mean i went i mean i used to go to places like the studded bird or whatever and and um okay but i mean like occasionally yeah and i think covering kind of the diy punk thing was always a little bit hard because um there was an extent to which, like, they kind of didn't want you know they yeah, didn't there, want, there was like some pushback yeah some they could be a little prickly about stuff like um, even people who were like pretty much in that world covering it, they would they they would get you know, you know, fuck corporate pitch, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So like, at a certain point, you'd kind of just be like, all right, well, we're, we're, there's other things to cover. <laughs> but I mean, even though like I mean, I think especially like probably yeah, like toward the end of my time doing it, like probably thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, a lot of the coolest stuff was kind of in that world at least to me like kind of this like garagey um art punk stuff mm-hmm. um so i can't remember what the original question was no yeah i was just kind of wondering like when was the last time i went to a house show it's been no, a while it's been a while no, it's yeah, been a while right. um, I'll, I'll bring you out sometime 
Yeah. I uh, can you give you bring me like a wig or something like that, or some glasses. No, I think it's 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 nice because how do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> I I think like even like I think uh, I get man people get upset every time I say bar punk. Like that was like the first like controversy I I had as you you stood a writer. up some uh, yeah people wanted to fight me. It was what funny. was bar punk. Like that, that's just what I would would like what like everyone in my friend group and like kind of age refers to as like kind of the nineties melodic skate punk like not hardcore punk that ends up being played at like you know it used to be at like the newsroom or vandals yeah or, like the brick and stuff so so yeah I mean like um, I used to work at Harlings like for a while like during like I guess not when I was the music editor but yeah. right after that. And um, so we would have some of those shows, like, and definitely there were some shows that were very much bar punk, like kind of yeah. almost like a movie version of like what a punk show would <laughs> no, be yeah. or something. That's, that's what I was saying. Like, I think most of like the more like DIY spot and house punks, like, I, I, I think it's nice that like you can just look like a normal dude yes. and no one's like... Like you don't have to have a, a mohawk or like for a sure, shaved for head sure. or whatever. I would, I would de- as a, like kind of a squarish old guy. I, I would definitely feel much more comfortable at like a house show than I would at like the Vandals in in twenty fourteen or whatever. Yeah. Um, I forgot about Vandals. <laughs> no, that that place went through like a whole bunch of weird different phases. Yeah. Kind of. I never like I was never old enough to see shows there, but like yeah, it was like newsroom and then. Vandals and like black and gold. Tavern, oh yeah, black and, and gold. And now it's Woody's. Yeah, whatever, so. I, I mean, I I saw shows at the newsroom like long time yeah. ago, like ten, fifteen years ago. Um, but yeah, always kind of a weird place, kind of a scary place a little bit. <laughs> no, and I know like it Get was your ass kicked in a place <laughs> like that. Yeah, and and it was named like. Because there, there would be, like, star journalists that ended up, like, going there and hanging out. Is that, yeah, like... Yeah, I think, like, in the what, 70s, that's yeah. why it was called the newsroom. It was, like, okay. a... Um, yeah, actually, I think what I'm, I think I wrote a column about... The, like, I was just saying I, I wrote about places closing. I think I'm just kind of drawn to, like, that kind of old stuff. But I remember... I, I wrote... just want to see people in pain. <laughs> I just think there's more, there's more poetry in, like, the death of something. So... Uh, but yeah, I remember I wrote about the news. Like I did a column about the newsroom closing. I, I remember that. I remember going there. Mm. There's but. more poetry. In the <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> That'll be the the teaser. <laughs> yeah, you want to get some people watching this podcast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess I was also like, just kind of just to wrap up. I was kind of curious of like what. Um, I don't know. Have there been any moments? Uh, as in the editor so far that have been like kind of really rewarding for you that like have made you enjoy the position the most? Yeah. I mean, anytime, like, uh, I think lots of some months, I don't feel this way, but lots of months when I, you know, it's kind of like a race the last week to just get the issue out. Um, and I'll sit there and look over the flats or the, you know, the final proofs and, I'm like, this is a pretty good issue. This is like, a, this person did a good job with their story. Like, I'm very proud to have this uh, piece in here. Um, um, I guess that's not very specific, but I mean, that that's kind of what, that's the joy I get from it is, is I guess, helping guide people 
you know, whether it's just like saying like, yes, that's a good story, go do it. Or it's maybe like doing more heavier edits, you know, saying you should ask this person this or you forgot to do this. And, you know, um, so I, I, I kind of, I do enjoy um, the editing process of, of, of helping. I, like, I like the collaborativeness of it. Um, um, I think I get more satisfaction out of that than writing probably. Um, and, but I still do get to write sometimes and that's always really, when I have a good story, it's always really fun to, to kind of get deep into it and, and stress out about it and have, uh, extreme anxiety about it. Yeah. Stress, death, uh-huh. anxiety. That's, that's all the, You're joys the people are getting to know me world. here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is a, you've you've done your job. You've pulled it out of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you do for fun, David? <laughs> <laughs> um, was that a serious question? No. no, no. Okay. <laughs> I, I just wanted, say, to, don't I just wanted me, to mess with you. Don't make me answer that question. <laughs> we we know we, you have your 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 weed pen that you just you know. I love have a weed pen. I have some plants. <laughs> I have a cat. I just got a cat. It's great. So yeah, I don't know. No, but yeah, um, is there anything you want to kind of tease or plug or just kind of leave people <laughs> with? PitchKC.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter, David Hudnell. Um, oh, I'm doing the, this newsletter that's kind of fun. It's kind of, it's kind of like a column type of like weekend review type of thing, but there's like some original reporting in there. It's mostly news and politics, but... Um, it's supposed to be kind of fun. I'm, I'm kind of enjoying playing with that format of like an email newsletter. Mm. Yeah. Um, It gets to feel a little more personal, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really liking it. Um, and so I'm trying to get people to subscribe. Um, and if you just go to my Twitter, um, it's like the pin tweet. Mm. So the the city rag newsletter. city rag newsletter. And so then we're doing this podcast, which you were gracious enough to be on, um, and that's just getting going. I just recorded the <clears throat> second one today. Um, so we'll see how that goes. It's been, yeah, I mean, it's, um, this is like fun. I mean, I feel like sitting around talking is pretty soon. I think like we'll just like all of media will just be people coming on each other's podcasts. You know, I think that's kind of the future. <laughs> <laughs> um, so to the extent that I I can like kind of, try new things at the pitch. Those are some of the new things that I'm, that I'm trying to do is mm-hmm. newsletter podcast. And, um, and, and there is like a, a kitchen video series, like a food video. Yeah. Series that that's kind doing. of more, I'm not really involved in that. It's kind of like more of a sponsored content type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, they kind of, um, I think they like get a, they get a chef and then they kind of cook some meal and it's sponsored by, a restaurant or a realtor or something like that, but it's like still great. And you should watch them because we love the pitch and yeah, we love all of their content. You support and it's us very good in any way. Um, we love to create content. We love to be content providers. We, we love that <laughs> sweet content, <laughs> juicy content served up. That's the every s- podcast month. New rock and roll. That's new, right. New, new rock and roll. Um, <laughs> Are you are you enjoying uh, working for the pitch? Do you enjoy I, contributing to the pitch? Yeah, I, I, there's n- nothing I love more. <laughs> no, no, no. I am. I like. I, I still get like excited to see like a, a piece I, I worked on, you yeah. know, in the book or getting shared on the website and everything. And I don't know. I think I don't know. I I'm I'm 
I think I very easily get sentimental and like maybe maybe not even sentimental. It, well, definitely sentimental, but like like I like to zoom out and kind of think think of things like wow, I do get to contribute to this publication that has like this history and like to to be like part of this long history and like narrative I feel like is like a cool thing because yeah. like oh this this band got their first article in here like 10 years ago and now they're like huge and like I don't know I just like yeah you're I'm, part of like a tradition yeah right yeah no, that's As, how I've always felt about it. And, you know, yeah, and everyone's like, uh, traditions are bad. We need the new best <laughs> everything. Uh, Hillary Clinton, we love it. Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but I, I, I think I do appreciate that kind of thing, and I've enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm all about burning down institutions, but uh, there's some some things that I think are worth pre- preserving. So I, I I guess I I I view my role now as kind of just trying to hang on and keep you know to the extent that it's possible keep producing you know important important and interesting work about the city. Um, so I I uh, yeah <laughs> to be specific content. <laughs> uh, so I appreciate everybody's. Uh, your help along with their, all of our other of wonderful writers. So. What a what a heartfelt moment to end on. <laughs> we we love it. We really do. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> people can follow at Shellcock Mag on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can visit shellcockmusic.com for all the articles. Shellcockmag.bigcartel.com to buy t-shirts, photozines, and buttons. Look out for all of the shows we're hosting this spring. There are six shows right now that we have booked. It's very exciting. Nice. Um, we have... Cowgirl Jordy at Revolution Records. Uh, we have Bug coming to town. We have Ashtray, um, Nanami Ozone, Show Me the Body in April, which will be a great time at Farewell Transmission with Spine, Bath Consolidated, and Kill Us. That will be, like, my favorite show of the year probably. And, oh, man, I'm leaving out one show dumb at Sister Anne's. And that'll be a lot of fun. So make sure you check the Facebook page and the events tab for all of those or just look on the website. And, yeah, I appreciate you being being on the show. Delighted to be G- here. Guesting on the podcast, making that sweet content. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Serving David. it up for everyone. Mm. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see you guys later. <laughs>